Hello again everybody, this is uh, Jason Powers. So today we're going to uh, go through a variety of articles um, and the discussion is how we've uh, had multiple coups being rolled up against us since January 2020. All coups start off with fear and propaganda. Um, that's a, It's pretty obvious that this was a uh, uh, rolled out against the United States and the Western world. The idea was to, uh, and this was a coordinated plan from um, two parties in particular, the Chinese Communist Party, led by Xi Jinping, and the World Economic Forum, uh, ostensibly uh, puppeted by uh, Klaus Schwab, who, who, who himself is uh, um, related to the Rothschilds. So, at the heart of everything is money and power and control. Um, at least this is the way these people think. They don't think in terms of freedom. Freedom is a freedom is a novel notion to people that are uh, themselves uh, ostensibly they, they they feel like they're above the the fray. They were born in an elitist class. They were built born with silver spoons in their mouths. All problems stem from an upper crust that constantly recycles uh, their uh, most eager minions to rule over the rest of us. For the most part, there's seven billion or more people in this world that, that don't think this way. There are sociopaths or psychopaths amongst that, that group, don't get me wrong, but they, they, they never quite have the, the institutional power and the relatives, and then the genetic lines, and the and the pools and capabilities to do that. So, we're going to start off with a, a clip from uh, Tucker Carlson because I think that's uh, a good place to start. Let's see if I can play this, and and, and we can go from there. You realize, in case you haven't realized it yet, yet this whole thing's a sham. It's, it's all, all fake. fake. It's not it's about not public, public health. health. If it was about public health, then you'd want to be very certain you knew the health status of people coming into the country. But these are the same public health experts who told us two summers ago that BLM rallies, the riots in progress, somehow couldn't spread COVID because they're magic or something. They're about civil rights, so they're not a health threat. What? These rules are so incoherent, they're an insult to science. Making you go along with them is an effort to break your spirit. We can play you a lot of different tapes. We just found this one. It tells you a lot. This is 2019. It's Tony Fauci. Listen carefully to this. The best way for me to prevent getting an infectious disease and having to have you as my doctor is what? Um, wearing a mask? No, no, no. Um, you do that? Um, if somebody's, I can see they're ready to sneeze or cough, walk away. You avoid all the paranoid aspects and do something positive. A... Good diet. B, you don't smoke, I know. I know you don't drink, at least not very much, so that's pretty good. Get some exercise. I know that you don't get as much exercise as you should. That's correct. Get good sleep. I think that the normal, low-tech, healthy things are the best thing that you can do, David, is stay healthy. Oh. So he's telling the truth, then. Masks are for the paranoid. If you want to stay healthy, be healthy. By the way, lose some weight. And that's not judgment from those of us who love donuts. Hardly. It's just true. And the numbers prove it. People who are overweight are much more likely to die of COVID. So we close all the gyms and celebrate obesity? Again, not judging. This is the last show that's going to judge that. But seriously, if you cared about people's health, you would tell them the truth. No, they don't. Wear the mask. Take the vax. Tony Fauci is now advising colleges on how to implement bans on all forms of human contact. The independent journalist Michael Tracy just reported on what's happening at Connecticut College, for example. At Connecticut College, they have a nearly 100% vaccination rate because they're forcing it. The dean at Conn College, who said he consults with Tony Fauci, recently told kids on campus, quote, friends may not visit each other in rooms. Students may socialize with a maximum of three students outside, socially distanced, and wearing masks. They're all vaccinated. What is this? There's no escape. The pandemic at Connecticut College will go on forever, despite the fact that everyone's been vaccinated. 
Oh, it's not really about public health. And it's not just Connecticut College. And Duke, Duke, where 98% of the students have been vaccinated. The administration mandated outdoor masking for two weeks. Why? No one explain because they feel like it. When you have power, it's hard to give it up. No one else sees what's going on here. It couldn't be more obvious. At Georgetown University, vaccinated students are told not to remove their masks, even to ask questions or drink water in class. At Brown University, let's hope all these places close soon, by the way. Brown has decreed that, quote, students are expected to consistently engage with the same small social group. They should not go to indoor bars or restaurants. And that applies to whether or not they're vaccinated. So if the vaccines don't change what you're allowed to do, have no material effect on your health status or your protection against COVID, why are we forcing the vaccines? This is too crazy. Yes, it is. It's too crazy. And of course, that's the whole point of this. This uh, this entire agenda could not be done against the people to give up all their constitutional rights if they weren't extremely uh, made extremely fair, uh, uh, fearful. And the propaganda ginned up from the very get-go of this um, uh, seasonal flu that was enhanced by its gain-of-function origins, which were funded by and, and supported by uh, the NIH, uh, particularly uh, the one Tony Fauci and uh, Peter Daszak and then Xi Jinping and the whole host of characters that go on with that. Um, there's no doubt about that this was a, a targeted virus, uh, a targeted uh, uh, manipulation. How it got out, does it really matter? It happened. It's that part is uh, without dispute. What is not about dispute is that it was messed with. Uh, that this wasn't an, an ordinary uh, coronavirus. It had some it had manipulation involved with it uh, genetically. So the thing is, is the funny thing is, and the interesting thing is, is that the CCP propaganda about lockdowns immediately followed in uh, January of 2020 you know how they they uh, propagated the myth that they could actually that they were actually controlling the the virus and of course don't uh, they already knew what the cures were they were they even they even provided that by the way uh, papers were being written uh, they were the doctors were testing some certain drugs out there uh, AIDS drugs in particular it was quite interesting in January January 18th of 2020, they were testing lapinavir in a study, which is a HIV drug. Um, why would they do that? Because the uh, this particular virus has a uh, genetic marker for HIV. This thing was a uh, Frankenstein mar- a monster. It had uh, numerous little impactful um, markers inside of it. And of course, now we're we're long past what's called the alpha variant of this uh, virus. It has mutated because it's gone through the human uh, uh, the human transmission cycle multiple times. And of course, it's adapted and evolved. It wouldn't have adapted and evolved if it hadn't been for lockdowns. Lockdowns provided the 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 what would you call the pot the, to keep the duration of the vi- virus as long as possible. This is the reason why you don't use lockdowns, by the way. Um, it's inherently counterproductive because at some point or another, you're going to have an outbreak. All you're doing is uh, you, they, they think that they can, you cannot limit the transmission of a virus. The virus has a natural course, especially a flu virus. This isn't like Zika or, or some of the other more, uh, what would you say, fatal, fatal uh, strains. This is a coronavirus. Coronaviruses have been, there's like 160 of them out there. There's a numerous, numerous coronaviruses. And most of them are, there's different strains. We know about influenza A, influenza B. There's a whole host of things. And I'm not a viral expert by any means. But there is a situation here where they know that they knew that this virus would be infinitely adaptable. So what did they do? They sold people a pig and a poke on the vaccines. And we have medical doctors who are supposed to be much more intelligent than I am that were promoting this, huckstering this. Uh, they have been so irresponsible towards this entire situation. 
they they've lost all integrity and all ethics. I wrote a tweet today about that in that particular regard. Um, let me see if I can actually uh, go back to that because I actually have a couple things. But what what is involved here is that the fear and the propaganda had to be ginned up, and this was a way to seize power. They seize power over your constitutional rights, and there are many people that love to cede control to authorities because they don't want to deal with their lives. They want other people to blame. The only thing is, is that it enslaves the rest of us that don't want government intruding into our lives any more than we have to. And the fact that we have people that don't see see the difference of that, it just kind of befuddles me because you should you should value your freedom. But of course, we have people that don't know how to value their freedom because they don't. They never have, evidently. It's kind of saddening, actually, because, you know, the whole point of life is to to uh, try to endeavor not to be afraid of things. So, actually, while I'm here, uh, yeah, I tweeted, I said, Many, many medical pros have destroyed their reputations and ethics by listening to CCP propaganda, becoming tools of the World Economic Forum politicians, and pushing asinine treatments on fragile and pliable minds. The revised credo: First, do some harm. So, one, uh, one, uh, a couple of the people that are involved with the World Economic Forum is a guy named Fr- uh, Macron. So he was involved with this, and there's other young global leaders like Andrew or Alexander Soros, Tulsi Gabbard, um, what's his face? Um, I can't even think of his name. I have to pull it up real quick here. Just a second. My apologies. Uh, Daniel Crenshaw, Mark Zuckerberg, David de Rothschild, Megan Rapino. You notice who gets promoted uh, promoted in in the media structures of the world? It's these people. They 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 have a look. Uh, they have an agenda. They've been told what the agenda should be, and they believe in this stuff. That's a globalistic agenda. Uh, it's very poisonous because it, it basically. By being involved in this kind of stuff, their, their idea is to undermine the sovereignty of every country in the world. Now, I know many people have a very uh, displeasure for the United States. They should not, by the way. The reason why they have such displeasure is due to the fact of our leadership. It's not the American people that enslaved you in any way, shape, or form. We were not the ones who said go over to Afghanistan. We were not the ones that said go over to Iraq. We did not sign up for that. Our leaders, one George W. Bush, Barack Hussein Obama, and Joe Biden, since he was his vice president, those people caused those problems. George Herbert Walker Bush caused those problems. William Jefferson Clinton caused those problems and their lackeys that they had in their administration. All problems come from the top down, by the way. And even those people are have strings on them pulled by people that are in the dark shadows. The financiers, the bankers, the Wall Streeters. Not just Wall Street, but you also have uh, Hyde, was it Hyde Street in London. You got Beijing and, and the, the Shanghai uh, monetary issues. This is always being controlled by people in the dark forces in the background. People don't see those forces, so therefore they ignore those forces. They don't see that in order to get a war going, you have to have it financed. And it's financed through the Fed. It's financed through the international uh, uh, banking operations, the World Bank, the IMF. Matter of fact, one of the biggest problems the, the, around 2014 when Ukraine had their issue... Before they had their issue, before they had their quote-unquote revolution, the problem there was that that they were getting, uh, they were getting, um, let's just say, there were a corrupt organization there, and they were uh, uh, being uh, argued over or fought over by the Russians and the Americans. The Americans, through the IMF, were offering like a $10 billion loan or $15 billion loan. The Russians were offering something along the same lines, but they wanted something to do with uh, Ukrainian gas. Now, of course, uh, that that caused issues. And this is always what it is. It's resources, it's money, it's power. It has nothing to do with the people. The people don't want this stuff. 
But people aren't being allowed to make their own decisions because the people that they have to unfortunately vote for are all media puppets. The media is controlled by all these billionaires. They tell you what to think. They tell you what to watch. They tell you what to listen to. It's kind of interesting how people fall into these popular narratives. They don't just go seek things out on their own. Because they're sheep. This is the vast majority of people, too. They, When I say they're sheep, they just don't think critically about things. They don't have time to. They work. They they go out in society. Uh, they have... they. When I say go out in society... They just don't have time to process all this information inside their head and make any rational decision of it. It takes a long time to do that. It's, it's frustrating because the narratives change uh, too quickly for them to keep up. And this is the whole cycle that we're currently in. The fear propaganda, uh, the fear porn, uh, the mass, the vaccines, COVID, the variants... The money, the businesses, the racial strife, the whole nine yards. It all goes, it's all one narrative that is actually being propagated by people that don't have your best interests at heart, which of course is all the people that are at the most powerful points of, uh, of life. So, um, actually, I might go up here and play this little clip uh, from, the, uh, from the hard hat, hard hat intellectual. Let me see if I can. Twitter's. It doesn't always help, but this is from uh, Joseph Goebbels. Let me see if I can. The state went bankrupt in every area of public life. If it weren't for us, there would be no hope left for Germany. We were persecuted, humiliated, prescribed. Our leaders and SA members were locked up in jails. But the movement is still maintained, still maintained its heavy ascent. Guided by free men and new ideas, this nation will start the rise again, making history. This revolution will stop at nothing. It has changed the nature of politics. And the undertaken, the undertaken reform will transform the what the German people from top to bottom. I'm just translating what what's on the. I don't speak German, but that's what's being uh, subtitled. Point being of this is that Goebbels was one of the. Well, he was the the minister of propaganda of the of uh, the Nazi Party. And people obviously forget history really well that there was a battle between the communists and the Nazis at the outset of uh, the Nazi takeover. Um, <laughs> there wasn't that much difference between the two. It was just a matter of who won. Okay, the com- and, and it should be noted that eventually the Nazis made a deal with the communists from Russia to split up Poland because uh, uh, the Soviet Union felt uh, grieved by the Polish... Uh, I guess, um, what do you say, tr- what they considered the Polish transgressions uh, post-World War I uh, about territory and stuff. It's always a fight over resources and land. The thing is, it's always being propagated from the top down because people are making decisions that other people don't dis- disagree with or somebody comes along and uses it as the opportunity to reverse that decision. This is all it is. It's just a struggle through it. And believe me, it isn't about when. And then this is where I know the Marxists say, "Well, see, it's all about capitalism." No, it's not about capitalism. It's about power and control, which you know damn good and well it is. The capitalism isn't is is not in and of itself the problem. Capitalism is being being exploited uh, expertly by people who like to use capitalism. To turn it into other forms of things like you know crony capitalism and cabalism, I would call it. Uh, they create these uh, they create these networks and they they literally seize power from the top and they they distort markets and they make sure things don't work accordingly. See, the reason why America turned into the the powerhouse that it did was that they had a, a, a great deal of freedom. Laissez faire capitalism in the in the nineteenth century would be part and parcel of that. Of course there's always been inequities in that 
And of course, when you have a uh, fairly undeveloped land, and I know many people will get really upset about that because there were Indians there. Well, you know what? The Indians were fighting amongst themselves over these lands for hundreds of years prior to that, if not thousands of years. Um, to, to, to think that man has not been always at odds with each other is, is to ignore history. And everybody has been moving against one another based upon numbers. And this time is no different, by the way. And it's actually going to result in a very cataclysmic event coming soon. This is what my opinion is. And I'm not the only one who feels that. I'm sure there's many millions out here that feel it every day. And they're wondering when it's going to happen. They have little control over this. This is not only in America, but this is around the world. Look at Australia. It's being put under martial law, ostensibly, to lock down the entire population. And you see that you can see, time and time again, the power of the state uses violence against its people, using cops. I never really, let me just say this, I was never a, quote, Blue Lives Matter person. I understood that the, they have their place in society to keep law and order. But when they decide to become puppets of the state, and they allow themselves to be manipulated over health crises and, and stripping people of their due rights, their constitutional rights. See, it's one thing I know many, many that get aggravated about the in, in, in what they call, uh, let's say, dis, uh, dif, uh, differences in enforcement. Hmm. It's quite interesting, though, that in many cases, the reason why they, the, I, I realized that, that the, the enforcement that happens after people commit crimes is, is indicative of the fact that many of those places have been purposely destroyed by drugs, by by single family, or let me just say this, divorce, by uh, unwanted pregnancy, inner city, uh, inner city turmoil has been caused by the very forces that suddenly ha that are supposedly in charge of it. They undermine their own city. Why? Because chaos is good for them. Chaos is a great business to be in. If you think about businesses out there, there are businesses out there that that their sole, sole, sole re reason for existing is your, uh, to keep you um, under keep you po powerless. Like, uh, let's just say, uh, what do you call it? Um, when you get your uh, car uh, taken away from you for missing payments. Uh, I forget what, I can't even think of the name of the, the terminology right now. It's, the name escapes me. But you, you, you it's basically a collection agency or whatnot. So the same thing with uh, taking, for example, uh, your uh, your property uh, right a uh, property away from you for missing payments and whatnot. But most of these places are just they just keep people in debt, and they keep people enslaved through poverty programs. They teach people bad. They they don't uh, educate them wisely, and really education can be done fairly fairly simply and cheaply. And they know this. It isn't a matter of funding anymore. It's even it, there's plenty of good information. There's all kinds of information. You have the internet. Teachers could structure their entire uh, syllabus based upon gathering good in, in good information and putting it together in a package deal without the without the use of uh, buying expensive books or buying iPads for everybody or whatever. Most people can have access to those internet. Uh, connections, and they could they could uh, quote unquote put that lecture together and teach it directly from the uh, system. They don't need they they can they can gradually move kids into learning through the internet. But the reality is, the internet itself is just a tool and a medium. Uh, the information just has to be uh, compartmentalized into something useful so somebody can actually learn from it. But they don't do that at the. You got all these all these big cities that have the highest speed inter internet ever available. All these teachers live in the same areas, and they could very easily uh, address these issues if they wanted to. But instead, they have to. They want to introduce a victim mentality, and they want to have us versus them. You have teachers literally teaching kids to hate themselves. They have they have they have pivoted from telling people that you know internet bullying is bad and. Let's you know you're not supposed to do those things, and then yet here they are. They're actually bullying their very pupils that they used to tell that they shouldn't bully. 
This is what's happened in the last 15 to 20 years. The internet is being used as a power and a mechanism of control uh, through social bullying and whatnot. It, it has become a reprehensible tool and instrument in the hands of people who should know better. You should know better if you're a teacher. I'm just focusing on that because all the crises at the, at the, at the city level is being caused by the very people that are supposed to be uh, addressing it. They want to keep problems around so they can keep funding around. They're not actually solving anything. They're not helping their kids. They're pushing these whacked out ideas, you know, transgenderism and, and uh, uh, you know, LGBTQ, RSTUV bullshit. The whole, the whole cornucopia of bad and malicious things. They're not teaching anybody any values. And I understand that there's cultural differences and whatnot, but that isn't the case. America hasn't been that way. They're pushing this agenda because they're Marxists. And Marxists are always detrimental to every society they ever touch. It teaches poison. It teaches hate. It doesn't teach anything good. And I'm only getting off on that rant because in and of itself, the CCP is doing this too. The Chinese model of social control by shaming by belittling people, by making you have to say the right words, which is another thing the left has done. They've gone from a top, they're, they're the most intolerant group of people that I've ever seen. It isn't the people on the quote-unquote right, and it isn't even left and right. This should be just about right and wrong, but of course, to get to that point of getting to right and wrong, you have to understand what wrong is. Wrong is to sit there and tell somebody that they can't achieve what they want to. Wrong is to say that somebody else is the problem for the things. Oh yes, there are people that are, are, are the blame, but we're not the, you're not it isn't the guy in the class next to you, the kid in the class next to in the class next to you, and it isn't his skin color and it isn't his or their gender or anything along that lines. They're not your they're not your oppressor. And, and, and for the most part, and for the vast and overwhelming majority of them, 99% of them, they're not, they're, their families are not doing it either. The people you need to be concentrating on are your, your powerful politicians that have installed these stupid policies to destroy, uh, uh, destroy societies. That's what they're doing right now. They're destroying the entire Western civilization. That's how evil this is. They're trying to destroy every freedom you've ever had on this earth. It is so despicable. These people, these globalists, are so stupid. And they got they aligned, got in bed with the Chinese and they are going to regret it. They're gonna regret it at the at the they're gonna literally regret it at, at the wall or as they're put to the wall. Because these people are too dumb to realize that the Chinese have a powerful military and they're not going to be afraid to use it. Uh, I'm going to play a little clip here. Sorry, I, I got off on a huge rant, but I'm going to play a little clip here. This is actually, uh, and you may hate Sebastian Gorka, but whatever. Uh, I think he's a, he, he, he has some, he has some historical understanding of things too. I thought that we would have more of this. A potentially bigger bigger. I, that is, is stunning. And there are reports that Bagram Air Base, which was such a strategic place for us that we just walked away from, that China may take that over. What happens then? Bagram was the only strategic air base in the whole region. More than 20 acres in size, two full runways, able to park more than 20 C-17s. We left it we, there is no such thing. I, I've got news for Joe Biden. There's no such thing as over-the-horizon capabilities. You can't fly a UAV from Nevada to Central Asia. It doesn't work. Yeah. And nobody in that region wants us to land our capabilities, which means we are blind and we are unable to take out the next Al-Qaeda. China already owns the biggest copper mine in the world, which just happens to be in Afghanistan. The Taliban has our weaponry and has, has new allies like the biggest communist dictatorship in the world. This is really frightening because it means that you've got the Chinese Communist Party now making deals with the Taliban to get the resources, but more importantly, to have the strategic location of Afghanistan and to launch whatever they wish to launch against the rest of the world. China 
Rick was absolutely right. China is the only strategic level threat we face. I learned this in the White House when I got the clearances, read the presidential daily briefing. But there's something even potentially more worrisome in the short term. Afghanistan is next to, next to Pakistan. Pakistan has never functioned as a normal state. The ISI, the intelligence services, the Pakistan military are theocratic. They, they supported the Taliban for decades. It is a nuclear power. They've always looked at Afghanistan as their rearguard area. Now they may be tempted to use their nuclear weapons against India. And if there is a nuclear shooting war between India and Pakistan, there is nothing we can do to stay out of that calamity. 9-11 shows for us the apotheosis of our civilization, the greatest civilization in the world, Christianity. Why? Because firefighters, policemen, chaplains, office workers, went back in the building to save people they didn't know. That's Christ. That's dying for the other. That's what 9-11 means to me. Mm. The other... The, 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 the other, the other lesson that is even more important because this administration doesn't understand it. Evil walks the earth. Man is fallen. Evil exists in our heart and we must always have the courage to fight it. The Taliban are murderous, and this administration thinks we can deal with them? We have to crush evil. That is the lesson of 9-11. It's a great lesson, great reminder. Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Well, I put that in perspective, though. So people, the, the left will, will counterman with this argument because they always have. Well, Trump was trying to do a deal with the Taliban, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Let me put this in context. The, the deal that they were trying to work out had to do with the fact that they had a functionary idiot that was running Afghanistan. He wasn't useful. He wasn't doing his job. He was a pencil, he was a pencil pusher. He was a CIA implant. He was a professor, I guess, at Georgetown or whatever. That was who was running Afghanistan. So this was, once again, a... CIA-run country, or a just like Iraq was. I mean, for those people that are catching up or whatever, that ostensibly was what we were doing. We were trying to run countries from Washington, D.C., run by a bunch of interns or a bunch of people who now get get their resume that says, oh, look, I, I was a part of the, the this uh, situation or whatever. Anyway... The thing Trump's administration was trying to do was trying to force a, a negotiation with the Taliban on the withdrawal that they were planning on get, doing, and the withdrawal was supposed to be a based. It was a as as the Bidens even said in Biden's administration, a gated withdrawal, meaning there were certain certain conditions on the way out that they were supposed to try to obtain and meet. Now, if they reneged or didn't follow through or didn't do what they as the the, the structure was, they weren't going to leave. So ostensibly, they control. Yeah, they were going to. The Taliban had a choice: either work with the administration or continue to have the same occupation. Do I think? Do I did I want the United States to continue to be occupied there? Of course not. Nobody did. We shouldn't have been there to begin with. It was a money laundering operation, from what I've, I've been told over and over again, um, through all kinds of things, weapons and drugs and the whole nine yards. This is one of those deals where we should have never been there to begin with. We should have left there. We should have never been there to begin with. They, uh, they had a uh, operation they did in 2001, 2002, that if they would have just left right after that, Things might have been uh, better off or better served for the United States people. Same way with Iraq. Iraq should have never been uh, engaged in at all. But we are where we are right now. And this was done the way it was done. You can't, you know, it, it, the sunk cost there didn't... Just because you didn't like the sunk cost doesn't mean that you can use the sunk cost argument to leave a place in absolute chaos. And there's probably still... Uh, hundreds, if not maybe a thousand Americans on the ground still in that country, along with 
all kinds of people that is uh, going to be abused, chaos, and uh, abused and murdered uh, by the, by the Taliban and or ISIS K or whatever group is there. But he did break down the analysis with the with the the Pakistan. But here's another article from um, uh, this is from. Uh, uh, Zero Hedge, and it's titled "The Major Bef- Beneficiary of the Afghan uh, Crisis." Well, they say it's Turkey, or one of them. It's clear that the this was written by uh, this was written by OilPrice.com. Uh, yeah, as via Global Risk Insights. So it is clear that the post Cold War order is shifting. The costly wars of Afghanistan and Iraq are, are calling. Into question the preeminence of the United States in international security affairs. Russia shows no fear to act outside its borders, and China is in a good position to become the world's largest economy. This, of course, as uh, Evergrande is, uh, you know, falling to pieces. That's another. Like I said, this is all tied together. Turkey's president uh, Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Eyes an opportunity to cement his grip on power by transforming Turkey into a regional player in emergence in emerging multipolar system. So that's probably the key money shot. That this is a multipolar system. And on the other side of this, there was a so a regional group led by Saudi Arabia and the UAE has also been competing for influence since the 2011 uprising. Notice that. Uh, uh, Trump was trying to get aligned Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and Israel. The idea was to, to uh, he broke away from Turkey because there was a lot of um, destabilization there because Turkey had got itself involved with Russia. Again, if if Trump would had stuck with Turkey, it's kind of interesting because uh, one of the things that here, and this is in the article here, and I'm not, I don't know enough about the, the weapon system, but they got it from Russia. So, so yeah. The continuation of Turkey Turkish diplomatic presence in Afghanistan means that it, it would be in EU and U.S.'s interest to work with Anakari to stabilize the region. Despite the purchase of the S-400 missile system from Russia remaining a source of tension in U.S.-Turkey relations, Washington may welcome Turkey Turkey's stabilizing role in Afghanistan. I I wouldn't rely on Turkey, but this is a power play because uh, many of the peoples, the peoples that are involved with across this region, the, from Turkey to Afghanistan, there's a similar bonding. Uh, somebody had worked out a hypothesis, which this uh, article echoes in some degree. So you have all these interests. The Central Asia is just a destabilizing shit show. You got all these factions and organizations there's no real you've got countries of convenience the map has been changed and rechanged over hundreds if not thousands of years and therefore uh, there's there's so much displacement there's very little unifying uh, let's say organization which is one reason why we should have never gotten involved in it to begin with the whole thing about uh, Osama bin Laden uh, could also be a total uh, canard Considering the fact that uh, while he he did what he did, we uh, initially armed him in the eighties against the uh, the Russians, uh, which of course you know <laughs> makes us the bad guy again. This is the problem, though. When you're in the in the business of supplying weapons to people through financing and then stuff like that, uh, be careful what you do. You wind up getting those things shot back at you usually because. Because you're 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 fueling the violence of these organizations. It's one, and, and the funny thing is, is they do this because uh, the one thing the military doesn't want to do is stockpile weapons and not use them. I guess that's that seems to be the case. So I left the link in the description of this article. I'm not going to go through it all. Uh, there's an article written by Jonathan Turley. This is he calls it the new Federalist Party. Biden move forward with the greatest federalization push since Adams. No, no. Call it, call it what it is. It's a totalitarianism. The Democrats are totally about control. That's the reason why I want, they want top-down control. Through He didn't mention H.R. 1, but he, the, this article he wrote, he talks about uh, the vaccine mandate, the OSHA. So, for example, 
Then came last week when Biden suddenly announced he would impose a national vaccine mandate through the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Uh, Ron Klain admitted that the OSHA rule was a mere workaround of the constitutional limit imposed on the federal government. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki preferred to call it a pathway after admitting, we do not have the power to inform each American you need to be vaccinated. No, no one needs to be vaccinated. Vaccines are just evil. But this is all the part of the fear and propaganda that has been ginned up and the way they have uh, sold this pig in a poke, including Trump. One of Trump's biggest and probably most fatal error was to go along with this stuff. But I can't, I can't, uh, <laughs> let's just put it this way. I don't value Trump's uh, opinion when it comes to medical advice, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask anybody else to value any politician's medical opinion. I mean, uh, of the ones that would be trustable, maybe Ron, uh, Ron Paul, because he's actually got a medical degree, and maybe there's a few others with medical degrees. But even at that, given the way these people have exploited their positions, I doubt if I would even trust them. Um, this is what happens when you push... When you, you know what the right answer is, like even Fauci did back in 2019, and then turn around and do a complete 180 from that position in order to, and then start constantly lying to the American public and pushing uh, authoritarian policies and, and basically uh, controlling through the NIH, through the CDC, through the FDA, the entire programs around therapeutics and vaccines and the whole nine yards. The vaccines were a sham, and they knew it. They knew the vaccines wouldn't work, and they don't work. That's my opinion, and that's actually what the statistical evidence is starting to show more and more every day. We have more cases, supposedly we have more cases now than we've ever had, and I guarantee the cycles on the PCR test are lower than are lower than they ever were back last uh, uh, last summer. So, of course, we're, this time there actually is a situation. It's being caused by the very thing that the vaccines were supposed to uh, insure against. So it was pointless to ever get vaccinated against this thing, which should have been uh, very logically obvious to anybody because considering that there hasn't ever been a vaccine that's been uh, reliable for the flu, sh- uh, the flu shot it has always been a, flip, uh, uh, a coin flip. Uh, they've always said that the effectiveness of these things were somewhere between maybe 50 to 70 percent. So many people decided not to get the flu shot, and some people did. Just depended upon what they thought their vulnerability was to the flu shot. It was best to just have a be a healthy immune system, have a high level of vitamin D, uh, make sure your mineral, mineral uptake is up. Zinc, for example, I found a paper from Britain in 2010. 2010 talking about zinc and zinc ionospores regarding um, uh, uh, combating uh, HIV in the cells, which uh, stands the reason that the reason why the zinc thing became a big issue with the hydroxychloroquine was due to the fact that they didn't want that to be uh, announced as a potentiality, as a stoppage of the cure. These pharmaceutical companies, ostensibly, their bottom line is driven by vaccinations. They want new drugs. They want to produce new drugs. They want to test it out on you. They want a big market. And the only way they, they there's, like I said, there's two ways to, to two ways to make sure you can have uh, sustainable profits. And this has become the new business model. They want an expanded market, so they want the entire world market. They don't want niche, niches anymore, because niches are suck. They, 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 it's, it's too quick to farm that niche, niche out. So say, for example, your niche was the United States market. And say of the United States market, you only have 50%. Say you have 150 customers, 150 million customers, sorry. I don't want to be like Biden. So you got 150 million customers. Well, if you, only, if you can give them something and it works once, well, that's, only, that's the only you have to uh, up the price enough to make enough money to uh, justify the rollout according to the way these people think. Yeah, and other, and but they have to make a lot of money, and of course the CEOs have to prove that they can get that money right away, and of course they have that that influences their golden parachute and all that kind of stuff. Their stock options, so yeah, that's why they want to do it quickly. That's why they don't want there to be a lot of quality control testing. That's the reason why they want zero liability up front, which is what the United States government gave them with the HHS order. So of course. 
but they want to expand the market. They don't want just 150 million people to give the vaccine to or anything. They wanted the whole world population, as much of it as they can get. So they only made, there was only three or four vaccinations, or maybe there's, I think there might be six total vaccine approved, supposedly approved, but they aren't approved. They're emergency use authorization, which they've used as cover to get people to stick a needle in their arm. But what makes another thing is they get booster shots. Now, see, people say, well, I got my shot for free. See, this is all free. It isn't free. The government is paying these people. They're getting profits off this. They code it a certain way. There's there's a whole hustle going on here to sit there and act like act oblivious and act like you don't understand that medicine costs money or uh, uh, treatment costs money, doctors cost money, nurses cost money. And the thing is, is when market forces get distorted by government intervention, then you have this massive uh, uh, massive hustle where people have to uh, constantly look for ways to uh, literally clamor for money. People aren't doing the right things. They're not doing the ethical things. They're doing unethical things. They're doing immoral things. They're doing criminal things in order to get what they want. Um, this is this is repulsive. But of course, people are doing it because they say, "Well, I don't have any choice." Sure, you do. You shouldn't do it. That's 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 what it boils down to. You have plenty of choices. But the thing is, is they 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 they've let these people con them into listening to top-down governance liberals love this i mean i i liberals not just the not classical liberals just the modern day leftists i guess you would call them it's really it's i hate the 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 terminologies that we have to use it's sad that we have to just use that but there's many people that sign on to this stuff that just literally have no concept of what rights are and then they yet they'll they'll throw around the the whole okay like this exact article talks about the abortion situation. Well, first of all, abortion to me in my mindset is killing of life. You may not like that idea that somebody says, oh well, it's a fetus, it's just a clump of cells, blah blah blah. No, you're killing something. You're killing off life. You may not like the fact that there's what you really want to say is that you just don't want there to be more mouths to feed. And, you, and then, of course, women use the, the you can get around it by saying, oh, I was forced to have this baby. I was raped. I was abused and stuff like that. And that does happen. Don't get me wrong. It does happen. And I wouldn't force that on them. The problem is, is so much of this, is 90% of this, at least, at least, is just mere convenience. It's just, I don't want to have the baby. The thing is, is also you have the morning after pill. There's plenty of uh, products out there on the market to um, terminate a pregnancy early on. Women know when they have sex. It's not it, it, this isn't like this isn't magic. It's very rational. Oh well, that costs money and blah blah blah. It's like yeah, and I'm not even suggesting I agree with that idea. But to act like you can't control control the situation, women can. They have the tools available to them. There's plenty of tools out there to, available to them. They could just abstain from sex. Uh, they could just be rational about having relationships with people that care about them. There's a there's a thought. <laughs> or waiting until uh, you know you get married. That's another thought. God, that's traditionalism. That's that's forcing something on me. Oh really? You mean forcing responsibility and accountability for your actions is 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 detrimental to you? No, it isn't. The left wants you to agree with that idea that you should just have freewheeling ability to do whatever you want, and if you do something wrong, then you should have any every every means necessary to avoid the consequences of that action, even though it's going to be detrimental to your psychological growth and understanding of life. Uh, you would just rather just do that, and so many women have damaged themselves through these these uh, these poor concepts of just randomly. Uh, 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 terminating a pre- uh, pregnancy just because they didn't like the guy that happened to have sex with that got her pregnant. Now, d- does that mean that I think the guy wasn't irresponsible in in uh, 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 either leaving the girl or or impregnating her or whatever, getting having sex and and not having any recourse? The funny thing is, is men are usually left out of the decision making process completely. The women will just automatically just 
just make the decision unilaterally, irrespective of his wishes, on either direction. So if he doesn't want to have the have a child, she'll want to keep it. If he does uh, does want to have the child, she won't want to keep it. So he's in a no win situation. No matter which way he he decides to agree, she may just very well do the opposite, just to spite him, just to spite him. There are women who think that way. Not saying they all think that way, not at all, but certainly a lot of women have have gone to that kind, gone to that level of maliciousness that they'll do just the opposite. They'll just literally pick just the opposite decision if they talk to the person they did just got involved in a relationship with to produce a child or produce a, a fetus, a birth, a, a potential a potential birth if we want to be all technical about it, a potentiality for a birth. But anyway, this is uh, this is what the, our government is doing now. So Garland announced that the federal government would appear in court not as an amicus, a friend of the court, has been in practices in past cases. Instead, it will sue directly as part of, of an interest because the law is viewed as countermanding a constitutional right. It's not a constitutional right. It's not listed in the Constitution about birth, and it's not a constitutional right. You can you can use Roe v. Wade as a constitutional right. It is not a constitutional right. It wasn't. Uh, it was a case. It was a court decision, and in case law or uh, certain laws and state regulations have been based upon that. There are state laws uh, regarding that, that that particular decision, but to call it a constitutional right is elevating it to a level that it isn't. Indeed, Garland, he's, this is Jonathan Turley, indeed Garland claimed that such authority in defense of any constitutional right that could be abridged by any state law. In his remarks, Garland indicated that the government would claim federal pre- preemption in whole or in part of the abortion area. That is another sweeping claim that could make many judges uneasy. The Supreme Court has always recognized state authority in this area. The question is where to draw the line. The filing will add a new basis for pro-life challenges based on federalization. Well, of course. Why wouldn't you challenge it? Of course there's this, this, this give and take and, and struggle for life versus anti-life. And I call that's what it is. It's the people that are pro-life who want to... It isn't about hamstringing a woman with a kid that she has out of wedlock. Here's a real simple thing. Make sure you're either going to get married or you are married, and then you can have the kid. Then you just then you do family planning the way you're supposed to do it, and you both have to take responsibility for it. Then there is actually a legit and undeniable fact that the man should be involved in the decision-making and is responsible for any and all decisions that get made. Whereas in the other case, you're stripping the man of the right to have any... But this way, if you're pre-marriage, then both both parties are ostensibly in, in a no-win situation because, of course, neither party is uh, uh, tied to a... They're not involved in a marriage. And, of course, many people will talk, well, marriage is a, a state uh, state uh, state operation. Agreed, it is. It's been made into a state operation. I noticed that many people don't have a problem with it being a state operation when it benefits them. But if it doesn't benefit them, then they, they, they detest the state being involved in it. So it's always based upon their benefit. It has nothing to do with whether it's a state operation or not. The state operation is just uh, a, the argumental, argumentative point. It would be nice if we could just have people do reasonable things and, and act in reasonable ways, but... We know that isn't always the case. That many people decide to just unilaterally make, you know, horrible decisions. And I really want to dwell on this, but yeah, the, the idea is, is this is being pushed by a current administration that really has is pushing all kinds of crazy stuff: HR one, HR four, HR five, HR three hundred and fifty. Uh, they're all being in the hopper, and they're all a, a broad expansion of federal federal control over all kinds of things and this is what exactly what happens when you have a very you have a weak president with hardly any power with hardly any polling that says that anybody supports him and yet you have the broadest overreach in united states history to try to seize power from the rest of us you know you may not like your rights being protected i kind of do but you should be wary of somebody with this kind of uh, mindset so I was going to go through an ECB article, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, just It's tied to climate change. I left a link in the description. 
there is a article on the Fed is bailing out the wealthy as everyone else pays the price. Well, that's somebody wrote a book on this and went through the analysis of how you know the Fed has added. Uh, for so since the Great Recession, the Great Recession began, the Fed has added more than eight trillion in assets to its portfolio, which means trillions of dollars have been poured into banks and non-banking financial institutions. As Petro notes, the effect of this policy has been extremely beneficial for the wealthy. Because so much money has been injected into the financial sector, stock prices have skyrocketed, and the prices of other assets, especially real estates, have soared. Petro shows that if we look at the daily, however, we find that this economic boon hasn't done much for those that don't already have robust stock market portfolios and real estate assets. That is, the lower half of the United States in terms of wealth and income. In fact, from 2001 through 2016, the median wealth of Americans in the bottom 80% of income earners has fallen. That's like, yeah. So, the wealth inequality gap is just mirroring what China has. China already had a huge wealth inequality gap, and it's probably still existing, if not worse, because uh, they've, they've substantially added a number of billionaires to their portfolio. This was in 2012. They already had a huge advantage. Now they're even enormous. This is what happens when you have stupid CEOs who who have outsourced all their, their manufacturing or removed all their uh, operations to China because they, they th- see, you know, an opportunity to have no regulations and out of sight, out of mind. As uh, Gorka says, it's half a world away as long as they're, they're producing. And then, of course, you have these long supply chains. Well, as it turns out now, those long supply chains are, are starting to have problems. Meanwhile, the United States has been slowly destroying itself and not in, investing in its, in its infrastructure, in its country. And we've been spending money on enormous money on on uh, transfer payments to people uh, and the military. Both things are problematic and driven by asshole policies that don't go do anything for anybody. And, and when it comes down to it, it's always, it, it has always been the reason why nations decline is due to inflation, is due to cultural uh, transformation. So, for example, um, and when you have an open border and you're just bringing in people that have no reason to like this country, none. They just come here for uh, whatever quick fix they can get, quick money. Well, once they get their incentives, what causes them to think that the country is any good? You know, they can come here and cause havoc. You would think that people with understanding of like reality would understand this. And most people can understand that reality. But there's so many bleeding hearts out there. And then, of course, the politicians are just exploiting you. That's what the Washington. That's the reason why Washington, D.C. is now putting up fencing again. They, they have determined that they are a different country. They're a different class from you. When your politicians put up walls around themselves, it tells you what they think of you. It tells you that they're afraid of you, that they think they're above you. And that they, they, can, they can use whatever fear mechanisms to get you to mind and behave yourself. They're walling themselves off from you because they're trying to wall you in to a cage. That's what they're doing. Meanwhile, the cage is only because you're here and you love your country and you want to stay here and you want to make the best of it. But, of course, they want, they're bringing in people from Afghanistan that they're going to give money uh, uh, the quote-unquote refugees that they want to spend $6 billion on, more than the wall down at the southern border, mind you. When Trump wanted uh, $6 billion to build a wall across the southern border, they they looked him cross-eyed and, and, and fought him tooth and nail over $5 billion or I think it might have been $7 billion or whatever. They fought him tooth and nail over 5 or $7 billion, and now we're talking about uh, the the current bill in Congress is $3.5 trillion. Three and a half trillion. So we're we're talking an enormous, enormous. Like he was looking for one percent of that three and a half trillion, one to two percent, say two percent. So seven billion dollars is two percent of. Uh, uh, maybe not. I might even got that wrong, but it's <laughs> it's a very small, minuscule amount in regards to that. Uh, I have to redo my numbers there. 
it's just it's just asinine though i mean it, 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 that's that's what happens when you start talking about billions and trillions you you, you just can't even fathom it. i can't even fathom seven billion dollars three and a half trillion just as you know it's just an ungodly amount of money but nevertheless it was minuscule just to build a border and they refused him and then now they want to put in an infrastructure bill where nobody knows anything about what the infrastructure is in it as Nancy has always said, you have to read the bill to know what's in it. No, bitch. You're supposed to introduce the bill in a normal manner and tell us what's in it. Show what. Show your. Show your homework, as they would say. But they, the politicians don't need to do this. These people are so arrogant and so conceited in their beliefs and they're so narcissistic. They don't think they have to be held to account for anything they do. I mean, that's the reason why they run around and they have twenty dollar, uh, twenty dollar a pint ice cream and. Uh, Nancy can sit there and, and shake hands or have a nice little photo op with the Soros uh, Soros kid and the Soros, George Soros himself. And, and she doesn't feel the least bit of uh, regret about that. You know, she she did that. She was literally, uh, did a photo op with those two people. And of course, she's, she's really good friends with Hillary Clinton. And Hillary Clinton's really good friends with George Soros. And, and they all work together in this cabal. These are the people that run your life. These are the people that ruin your life. And, the, and, and, and it's not just Democrats, by the way. It's Republicans. Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is a chief point, pointy head for uh, the CCP. When you realize that Elaine Chow is basically his, is like royalty. She's a, a part of a family that does huge uh, transportation transactions with the CCP. And her father was best friends with Xi Jinping, who was a former general secretary of the CCP and is the mentor of uh, Xi Jinping. So there's the close the loop. We have people that are that, that when you talk about the elite capture and the elite merger between the CCP and the United States government, it is it is so telling when you have a military leader like Milley who basically committed a coup action and. He was popping off at the mouth in June 2020 saying, well, we're the ones with the guns regarding Trump. Their, their level of disrespect for a U.S. president put us in the gravest danger, put us in grave danger. Now, it didn't happen. Nothing happened. But their inability to concede the deep state or whoever, however, the people that were in undermining Trump at every instance in his own administration are the most malicious and convictable people I've ever ever seen a list of they all need to go to trial they all need to be convicted ostensibly of treason because they were undermining his administration tooth and nail and then it comes out like Alpha Bank and the Steeled Office CA that all this stuff was thrown together, and I knew this for a long time, but now we have John Durham, who a John Durham sighting happened, and they're going to go after this guy, uh, Sussman, who uh, some low-level uh, low, low, low lawyer, per se, but he worked with Clinton. Once again, that name shows up again. Clinton shows up around Jeffrey Emsey. You notice, notice a pattern at, behind every... Behind every door, there's a, some kind of Clinton string pulling it. It may not be absolutely directly, but there's a Clinton string nevertheless. These people have run run and run roughshod and ruined this entire country, along with the Bushes. The Bushes are equally complicit, if not more so, uh, uh, because George W. just came out and basically called us a bunch of domestic terrorists. And that's a hell of a thing to say coming from the guy who literally started nine, started a war overseas to supposedly keep fight the terrorist over there so he didn't have to fight them over here. Well, he literally started a war that now has empowered those terrorists to the level that now they can go around doing whatever the hell they want, thanks to him and Biden, who Biden, by the way, uh, voted on and supported the, the, nine, uh, the Iraq war and then later on was... <laughs> Part and parcel of a continuation of it under Barack Obama. I mean, he was vice president. He was he was making statements about Afghanistan in 2012, 2013, and about staying there. And he was supported by McConnell's and the Lindsey Graham's and the the McCain's, another garbage human being. All these people are snakes. 
They've destroyed our country. They've destroyed our ability to finance ourselves. They have literally made millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in the, in the process by taking, you know, they're always been on the take. There's a, there's a reckoning coming for these people, and they know it. And I say that, there is a reckoning coming. Because the people that this country have to wake up and figure out that the people that are running and ruining them are at the very top. And those are the people that you need to, you need to put them in the stocks permanently for the rest of their human lives because they have done nothing but destroy this country. Uh, they, have, they have done everything in their power. And if we can ever get back to where we were prior to all this bullshit, you know, and when I say get back to where we were, we have a populous foundation of people who know what it is to have a good country, to care about their neighbors, to understand things, and actually want family and home life and, and the whole nine yards. And everybody should be seeking that at, 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 at every single day. Now, I ain't saying that it's going to be easy. It isn't. We're, we're a long way from that happening. And there may be... There's going to be days. I've gone through many of them recently. And I'm not going to say they're not going to continue to happen. But uh, there are people that are better than me we're going to figure out how to, to make this happen. Because if we go down, pretty much everything will go down with it. I don't know when that's going to happen. When I say everything's going to go down with it. The amount of chaos that will get triggered is exactly what these globalist idiots have, have determined that that's what they want. If there is any justice, one thing's for certain... Yeah, the, the very people that they have uh, uh, fueled up, like China, uh, to become the superpower will be the very ones that will wind up taking them out. It's almost inconceivable that they can't see that. Be careful the beast you feed, because eventually that beast will swallow you. Um, be careful the monster you create, because eventually that monster will turn on you. You would think that these people would understand that, but evidently they think they have the final... They have some kind of final weapon, but they shall see. Well, that's ended my broadcast for today. God bless the United States of America. And God save the world.